Ah, oh, for Christ's sake, Anakin. Hello and welcome to a special episode of For Christ's Sake, Anakin. I'm your host, Matthew Nugabauer, and that's right, I am back on this, uh, was overcast, kind of cool, but it got a bit of sun here today on November 22nd, 2019. It is the Friday after the 23rd Sunday after Pentecost. If you're counting, uh, Christ the King Sunday is coming up uh, in, in the church world. I'm not going to give a an episode number to this because it's just a bit of a hopping on here to talk about Resistance Reborn. Uh, if I were to give a number, it would have to be episode 50 and I want to do something a little more special now that I'm back. Uh, talk about Rise of Skywalker or other things going on in the Star Wars universe and there are things aplenty to talk about. Um, before I dive into my review here, first I'll say I got a bit of water. And R2 is being used as a, uh, a book weight, book, whatever the, the shelf thing to hold books in right now. So, because uh, God, I'm looking up on my, my canon collection here. Holding up my Blu-rays, which I don't really need much of anymore because I got Disney Plus. But uh, it, he's being used, and if I pulled him out, then all my things would fall over. So take my word for it. He's fine. He's doing great. Uh, anyway, more serious note. Um, I realized I also need to get back into writing some more, and that has gone well in the past. And so I've resuscitated my old blog. It is a Trek reference, uh, Exastri Sapientiae, Sapientia, uh, from the Wisdom from the Stars. It's a reference to Starfleet Academy. And this this podcast is also branching out to Star Trek and other things too. So no worries there. Um, Exastri Sapientia at .blogspot.com or blogger. I'll, I'll post the link in the notes. Um, yeah, and... and Got on the go. I'm coming up on a, a fairly large essay on Ben Demption that I've broken up into a few parts. Currently sitting at about three parts, but it, that might be extended into four parts. So it's it's it, yeah. I enjoy the ability to just go nuts and write, but also come sit here and talk. And I'll be, as I said, uh, I guess a few months ago, reserving this podcast more to reactions and to uh, interviews and, and things coming out reactions to things that have come out and so uh, more in-depth ideas and analysis will be there and then look on the blog and then looking to make submissions to other uh, other outlets so we'll see things things on the go definitely let you know I'll be linking along with on the Anchor website and all the other things that Anchor is so kind to to send to, sorry, other things, other ways you can get this podcast on Google, on, other, on all over. I think I'm on Apple, finally. <laughs> um, I'll be also po embedding the Anchor link into the pod, into the, uh, the blog. So that'll be synergy, getting all my ideas out there. Definitely with the podcast, can have guests on. Like I said, and so that'll be fun. Okay, that out of the way, Resistance Reborn. So 
one thing to say is it was hyped extremely uh, that first weekend it came out a few weeks ago. Uh, I guess in the beginning of the month, right? And uh, my long and short of it, so I'll, I'll try and do the non-spoiler bit first. There were some things that really did land very well. And some things that were uh, didn't quite rub me the right way. Um, the example, uh, this still isn't very spoiler. I think there's too much fan service, but the places that the characters go um, is really compelling, especially in light of The Last Jedi. So that's all I'll say non-spoilery. <laughs> uh, I do want to dive into spoilers here, and uh, you know, I'll mark it, you know, the the 445 mark uh, will be about where the spoiler conversation begins. So spoilery, yeah, like I said, the and I'll start with the negatives just because I want to end on the positives. It's one of the few instances where there's just a little too much fan service, a little too many in you know, connections explicitly made. Um, and the feeling, and, and I'll get, well, I'll start with giving two examples that come to mind. Just, it's, it seems like a small example, but uh, when Wedge talk is thinking about his past, and they, he talks explicitly, says Sabine Wren came to, uh, came to take him out of Sky Strike. My concern there is, instead of thinking about uh, Wedge's history and backstory, and it's great that it's included that we think about the Sabine Wren character and we remember that, um, and that takes us out of the flow uh, of the story a little bit. Another example is. When they're going first going to Ryloth and Poe is talking to 3PO about, or 3PO is giving the exposition about uh, about Cham Syndulla, and a bit I think there's a bit about Hera in there too. But um, it it seemed to me what well that that example that would have served better later coming from Yendor, and it would have been nicer if it was a little more subtle because I think there's better fan service when uh, you know, the better fan service when something is briefly touched on but implied and we don't get the whole thing and that I do, I do think works both ways in that both for the casual fan and the one who has delved deep and watched Rebels and watched Clone Wars and all these stories because when it's just implied for the casual fan, okay, that's neat backstory for this character. More casual fan who maybe hasn't watched these stories and picking it up, that's neat backstory for this character. And then for the fan who has, it's we know what you're talking about here. You know, we know narrator to uh, implied audience. Is communicating knows what we're talking about Rebecca Roanhorse to us literally us real people we know what she's talking about but it still keeps the focus on Wedge's story and Wedge's backstory so or for example with 3PO with the exposition again that would have served better 
have it would have served the story better because I mean there is that wonderful moment where Yandor is saying that his group, I think Ryloth Defense Authority, is inspired by the Free Ryloth movement, and that could have been uh, an opportunity, a better opportunity for a moment of uh, just of just mentioning who Chamsundula was and why that's inspirational. So more character focused. It did feel, it started to feel like, okay, we know, we know, you know. Um, which is, it's hard to say that because we've been craving this kind of connection. It's kind of reward for being uh, so diligent with reading and following the story and the canon. And, and I do, and I would fully understand if a lot of people actually reacted completely opposite to me and said, yes, we finally got this. Yes, we finally got that. Great, and, and and I did for a little bit. So that that that's one concern. Before I, I I'll pick up on where the fan service and the connections work in a minute. That was because that was really the only real concern I had with this book. It just felt like a little over the top. Another thing that's challenging, and I'm not saying this is a negative thing about the book. It was just challenging to read it because there isn't really a direct confrontation with the antagonist antagonist is really the you know the first order and that confrontation that can't happen in this book it actually has to happen in the film the rise of skywalker and so the first order the threat hovers over the characters and it's in the background and they do go into the risks involved for Ryloth, for, uh, I'm trying to remember, or for the, uh, when, at the beginning when Black Squadron goes to this planet and tries to procure favor for, or procure funding and resources from this planet. And there's the, that concern there. So actually getting into the story, it's just different and challenging and I find it difficult. It doesn't mean it's bad. It's a limitation of the fact that the confrontation can't really happen. It does a little bit. There is that clash, the bombing, not the bombing, the when they, they infiltrate the party or the First Order comes, not just infiltrates, just plows through that party at the end. Um, and, and we get the records officer and him set up. But... It, again, it was just difficult to get in. So that's, uh, I, I, it's hard to call it a concern. It's a limit on, maybe a limit on the story or just unfamiliar. We'll see. And maybe in both cases, both the things I've just raised with Rise of Skywalker, both of those just might smoothen out, smooth out a little. So we'll see. Um, in terms of the strengths, I'll go back to a lot of the ways that the connections made perfect sense. And I mentioned Black Squadron and how they uh, they were at this other planet and they kind of picked up sort of in the middle. And then, but then there's a reference to the uh, the Poe comic where they have just been and the adventures they've just been on, and that that it would be weird if that wasn't referred to because that is fresh in their minds uh, we get very much get 
Poe and, and Sir Linda and, and uh, Snap and Kare. It's just Pava isn't so much in there. I'm not too sure. I forget. I forget. I can't remember where she's in there. But yeah, fresh in their minds. And uh, one of the great moments with, with you know, moments with Shriv and Zay from uh, the Battlefront 2 campaign. Those character moments make sense that they've come together and found Leia's resistance and uh, are, are coalescing. Because also, we know from the Rise of Skywalker trailers that at least Snap is in the film. So, Black Squadron has to have come together. One of the things, going even reaching further back, that would be frankly weird if it wasn't there and one of the things I actually really really loved about this book was Snap and Kare going to Akiva to get Wedge and Nora so Wedge's presence in this novel was great it makes perfect sense that given everything that was built up in the Aftermath trilogy um, it's nice to see that tie in and we get more depth to Snap's character. He's a grown man now with his own family, starting his own family, but also has going to who are his parents and <laughs> coming and uh, bringing them back into the fold and picking up how, what Nora's mindset is. She's uh, not quite Sagarera, but her mind has gone a little in some direction and her and Wedge have retreated to the farm and that that's really lovely until uh, lovely, you know, a lovely metaphor of the peace that almost lasted <laughs> a peace that was between the fall of the empire and the rise of the first order and just how dire the situation is that with the first order they have to rejoin the fight and and Wedge knowing that Luke is dead and having to deal with that and, and again going and then finding going off and finding uh, more allies to the cause. One of my favorite moments of the whole novel then was seeing the relationship between Snap and Wedge really blossom. Finally calls him dad and that uh, Snap finally calls Wedge dad and that really really hit home and that was really wonderful and very earned throughout again both was set up in the Aftermath trilogy and in this novel uh, in the maturity we've seen with Snap in uh, in the comics too so so that worked that was really nice um, my favorite favorite parts of this were uh, what we that we see in get into Leia's mind and Poe's mind after the last Jedi that deserves some water uh, water break um, we finally get time for Leia to sit and process a little bit process the loss we get into her mind in processing that loss but also how she continues to need to be there for the next generation of 
uh, of this resistance and uh, what's nice and I'm going to actually go into this in my my Bendemption essay she really is there to support the next generation her story was told in the original trilogy and I, I you know I mean, and for its time to have a female lead like that you know that was groundbreaking of course there could have been more but now it makes perfect sense that she's there as a support as a supporting role um, hopefully they have enough footage for that in uh, in the rise of skywalker unfortunately after carrie fisher had died to see who she needs to be for for ray and for pay, for rose one thing i did appreciate actually was that we didn't get much with Ray and Rose and Finn because again we're going to get so much more of that in the Rise of Skywalker so uh, it really I mean I wonder if there was a, even a, a bit of a risk of Leia being a function maybe that's never really a risk but in terms of the sequel trilogy being a bit of a plot device the way 3PO was in this in this novel um, but no we really get into her mind and we really feel and drawn in and really great writing by Rebecca Roanhorse on that on that score and then my absolute favorite I've, I've just alluded to this my absolute favorite part of this novel is the way it addresses the way Poe himself addresses his own actions in The Last Jedi that his insubordination from uh, against Holdo and resulting in the deaths of these all, all these resistance members that could have been a huge crisis of confidence in himself that well it was a bit of a crisis of confidence even with Black Squadron and and, and he's actually re, can, reconnected with Black Squadron at this point. Is there a way during The Last Jedi and didn't really fully know what, what had happened. And he, had to, he has to fess up to that. To them. He has to risk them saying, forget this, we can't trust you anymore. He has to say, risk saying that to, to everyone. Uh, and the, the whole resistance. And... Captain Poe Dameron, he comes back and, and there's there's no sense of demotion here. He's still Commander Poe Dameron. What's one of the things that's wonderful about this is it's a way of well, first I mean the kind of the meta question, and this is this didn't pull me out of the story. It actually adds this layer to the story. It's in canon deciding once and for all. That Poe was in the wrong in what he did with Holdo. Poe himself acknowledges this, right? It's this beautiful moment of him grappling with his own failure. Just like we see, you know, Yoda and the whole and the Jedi and that whole story, grappling with failure. Taking it and saying, Okay, I'm going to be a leader, I'm going to learn to fight another day. And in that, in, in even in admitting his failure and 
asking for really a second chance from everyone. Given the trust that he has shown in them, given the, the respect and care that he has shown for everyone, he's able to regain that trust and regain that uh, that authority and to, to actually lead the resistance. And so uh, going into Rise of Skywalker, it is very much a wonderful bridge between the two films. It obviously doesn't end with this very triumphant rosy picture because they're still facing the losses of what happened in The Last Jedi, but it is this turn towards something new. So I definitely recommend this novel. Um, again, the too long didn't read. It, I won't say that it's mixed. My reaction to it is mixed. That's too vague. It's There's one thing that pulled me out of it a little and didn't then rub me the wrong way. There's a lot going for it and a lot that gripped me. And um, if maybe you have a different reaction to the canon connections, maybe you loved it and thought it was perfect. A lot of people did. <laughs> a lot of people really have put this up. Uh, Southern Ontario's Kate Johnston has put this up with lost stars which you don't say lightly so uh, i definitely recommend it if you haven't read it sorry i just spoiled a lot for you <laughs> um if you have read it and you have a similar reaction to me or a different reaction to me then feel free to let me know uh give me a follow on twitter at neug485 uh, give me a follow on instagram at mneug1138 and please share and subscribe as, as you wish and as you will. This has been a special episode of For Christ's Sake Anakin, looking at Rebecca Roanhorse's Resistance Reborn. The journey to the rise of Skywalker, we are less than a month away. Thanks for listening. May the Force be with you always. <laughs>